Greetings and thank you for joining us for the December edition of the Listen Lakeland Radio Show, the show highlighting people, places, activities, and organizations that make our community an exceptional place to call home. My name is Dr. Sally and I am with Lakeland Vision. Today's show will feature a profile on Lakeland's neighborhood community with Ms. Lynn Simpkins. And we are excited to have her join us for the show today. Thank you for joining us, Lynn. Hi, Sal. How are you today? I am doing great. Thank you so much for joining in. And I want to jump right into the, sh the show. And I'm just excited to share so much of what's going on. Listen, Lakeland is a great opportunity to highlight the work that you have been doing and Truly, it is such a benefit to our community. So to get started, because I know we are on a time frame and I know you are probably super busy right about now. Would you just start by giving us just a little summary of how you got involved in working with neighborhoods? Well, that is a very interesting story. Um, when I started with the city of Lakeland, there was no neighborhood program. I started with them doing planning assistant work, came on as an intern with other projects, worked with the comprehensive plan, did a windshield housing survey. And in the early 90s, there was a push for neighborhoods. And the city of Lakeland decided that they wanted to develop a neighborhood program. So I had to study other cities that had already rolled out the program, cities like Orlando, Jacksonville, um, cities like St. Pete, they had wonderful programs. And I visited those cities, started to develop some of their programs, made them unique for Lakeland. And we rolled out our first neighborhood association in 1993 with the Paul A. Diggs neighborhood being the first neighborhood. From there, it's been a learning experience and working with our neighborhoods, working with other municipalities. And, and that's how it got started. It was something that wow. happened because we needed to get into the communities to develop better relationships with our citizenry. Absolutely. That is absolutely amazing. And I know that Paul A. Diggs is still very active and viable. How many neighborhoods do we have organized within the city? We have 23 official neighborhoods that are registered with the city of Lakeland. We have four more neighborhoods coming on in 2021. So the city is continuing to roll out opportunities for neighborhoods to get organized and registered. And when I say registered, I mean registered with the city of Lakeland by way they participate on a monthly basis or quarterly basis during their own meetings. They're involved with our Neighborhood Association Coalition, which is a quarterly, a quarterly um gathering of all of our neighborhood leaders. So there's a lot of support for these neighborhoods through our neighborhood office. Absolutely. And I am a beneficiary of that support. It has been tremendous. And I want to talk a little bit about Jewel Avenue, but I got to go back to um, something that you said when you did the research and began looking at how to help put neighborhoods together and get registered and organized. Now, you yourself are a product of the Lakeland neighborhood. So talk a little bit about your background and what neighborhood did you grow up in and what was that like? Well, I actually grew up in the Paul A. Deeks neighborhood off West 7th Street. 
that was a great neighborhood um, when I was a child. I've seen the transformation of that neighborhood, which was very um, neighbor friendly. I've seen it go through some of its woes, like poor property management, drugs, um, so much things that the neighborhood started to experience. But I'm now seeing the um, the rejuvenation of it. You know, we with uh, with programs like what the CRA is doing and other programs, what the city is doing through our housing division. And some of the other initiatives through our Lakeland Housing Office um, or the Housing Authority, I'm seeing yeah. a lot of that stuff start to rebuild our neighborhoods. That's where I grew up at. And I, like I said, seeing those changes gives me more of a passion to want to continue to make our neighborhoods a great place to live, work, and play. And I have, you know, known you for quite a number of years. We kind of go way back to to uh, middle school with your son when I was a, yeah. a dean. And we, you know, even then, I know you were community focused and certainly an advocate for uh, uh, your son and, and for other students and providing opportunities for them to be involved and get involved. But you said something that I wanted to touch on. You said we have 23 official neighborhoods and four more coming on. What are those neighborhoods? And how do you, how you, how do you develop uh, neighborhoods to get to that point where they become a registered part of the community. What is that process like? Well, what has happened this year because of the pandemic, we haven't been able to get out there to do our official um, interest meetings in neighborhoods and just really meet with those neighbors one-on-one -on -one to see if they really have an interest in building a neighborhood association or if they just had an isolated problem that caused them to want to um, come mm -hmm. together and get city staff there. Sometimes that's what happens. But right now, what we're doing is we're doing a lot of um, meeting via Zoom. We have a lot of um, our neighborhoods working with next door. Some of the neighborhoods, they have their newsletters. And we ask some of the more experienced neighborhoods to, to kind of mentor those neighborhoods that are interested in becoming an, uh, an association. Sure. And starting out from a very, you know, just some of the initial groundwork for registered neighborhoods is we go in with an interest meeting. We let them know what we uh, require of a, of neighborhoods. And then uh, we tell them what we require from them for neighborhoods. And we talk about the support that we give them, but we have it all laid out to when we get through talking to them, everybody is jumping and ready to become a neighborhood association. And you ask who those neighborhoods were. We have one of our neighborhoods which is Fox Run, that's a HOA. They have not functioned as a HOA for many years. Now they want to become a neighborhood association. Um, earlier, earlier this year, I met with them. They're very interested. So we have four new neighborhoods coming aboard. They're already active and working, but once we register them, they have to go through at least three meetings where we provide a lot of what we call onboarding for um, these new neighborhoods. So that's where we are. And we're, we're excited about these neighborhoods coming aboard. Yeah, and I tell you what, when I got involved, um, the neighborhood where my church is located is um, Jewel Avenue neighborhood. And that neighborhood went through quite a bit of transition. Um, it is in a blighted community, as, as are some other ones. But there are so many different neighborhoods, and each of them has a very, very uh, specific, sometimes even characteristic, would you say that? Or um, just describe the, the different neighborhoods and, you know, um, what what is the 
what is the one thing that you would say is most important for neighborhoods to be able to do? Well, I would say that you you are absolutely right. Many of our neighborhoods have, you know, is different fabrics in a lot of these neighborhoods. And some of the neighborhoods, they are seniors. Um, predominantly, some of the neighborhoods are um, more um, property owners. Then we have some that have a lot of issues with um, as rental property. We re we realize that property management in some of those neighborhoods has caused some of the problems for the residents. And that's what we have to do. When we work as a neighborhood association, we have to go in and tackle the issues, those those strong issues that keep those neighborhoods from having the good quality of life that they deserve. Once we go in and we start to bring in other resources, it's not done just by our neighborhood office. We work very closely with the city of Lakeland um, departments like our public works department, our parks and recreation, our community development, of course, and our redevelopment office, Lakeland Police Department, you know, code enforcement, they're all there. At the interest meeting, we have almost um, every representative from every department there being available if that issue should come up where we have those experienced voices that can address those concerns and jump right on it. Because the first yeah. thing we have to do is establish um, that level of trust. We have to create some significant win by, if it's nothing more than following up with another meeting. But we have to let them know that we heard what they said and we're going to do something about it. So we have all different types of neighborhoods. And the, the good thing about my job is that you have to be the type of person that can assess what the specific needs are in that neighborhood. You have to create some type of form of that's going to work for that neighborhood at that time. There is no, um, no, um, template that we go in with and it, it works for everybody well and you know what that's really one of the things that i love about um lakeland vision and its um, goals and and initiatives to ensure that lakeland is a uh well uh, rounded um inclusive and well thought you know uh, of communities coming together to make Lakeland what it, what it is. And you also said something you mentioned once. So talk to me a little bit about the, the major challenges that you think neighborhoods. I know in many blighted communities, one of the biggest challenges is poor property management. And I didn't really understand that until I began to work um, very closely and hand in hand with many of the local community um, community efforts and initiatives like refuse to lose and and what mr cooper is doing and some of the youth programs that pal and um mr um jeffrey williams with his risk club and things and i want to talk specifically about youth because you know that education is dear to my heart but before we get there can you talk a little bit about some of the the challenges that are creating some you know uh, uh, barriers to growth and, and community development in some of our neighborhoods? Well, some of the challenges, again, like you said, the, the poor property management, where you see um, the, the, the lack of interest in keeping your property up, you, you have that with when you have poor property management, and then you have a lot of um, um, issues involving crime when you don't have that regulatory, um, you know, oversight in a community. So those are some of the issues when we have um, those eager calls for 
the city to come out and help get something going. They, they're calling because of fear. They don't want to see these things in their neighborhood. And that's what we want to go in. We want to make them feel like, you know, Lakeland is a very safe place. And we want to teach and train them how they can access government. The neighborhood office is like um, a central point for citizens to be able to contact us so that if they don't know who to call, we help them provide um, resources on who they need to connect to. We follow up with those things. And then by that way, we've, we've built a relationship with, with whoever called, made that call to us because they're going to tell us that at least someone came out to see me. At least I got a return phone call back. That's what we have to do. We have to be the trusted voices and the trusted faces um, for government. And that's what I like about our office. We work um, we work as, as a team when it comes to our departments and we don't, um, we don't leave anything unturned. Absolutely. And I guarantee you there are lots of people and maybe many people listening today that would like to get involved and may not know where to start. So just understanding the process of how to become a functioning um, neighborhood and the process of going through registration. And I, I'm excited that the, the neighborhood that I was involved in has become you know, fully functioning. And I know we're gonna be soon getting our, our sign and that may be something that people drive by and never really think about it, but it's your department that puts the neighborhood signs that introduce it. That little bit of what is that program? It may seem like it's um, uh, something that people probably just see and don't even pay attention, but identifying the neighborhoods because some of them are really uh, historic. I know Dixieland is probably one of our oldest neighborhoods, would you say? Well, I wouldn't say it's the oldest neighborhood, but it is, it's a very well-established neighborhood. It is our historic neighborhood. Many of our historic di districts are um, really close to the central city, um, our downtown area. Um, these neighborhoods are governed by, um, you know, certain types of um, regulations where they can't do certain things in these neighborhoods. But people choose to move there because there are there are guidelines that everybody must follow, so you don't have a lot of those issues that you're going to find in your traditional neighborhoods. But with our neighborhood identification sign program, that's what we want to identify neighborhoods. We want you to be able to drive through this city and we want you to be able to, when you cross over one um, major highway, you say, okay, wow, I've just driven into the Jewel Avenue neighborhood and now I'm into the Lake Bonnie neighborhood or now I'm into the Pinehurst, um, Pinehurst neighborhood. So we want to identify our neighborhoods brand all of our neighborhoods now have their own logo we will be rolling out those um identification signs somewhere right before christmas and it, by the end of january of 2021 all of the new neighborhood identification signs will have gone up and we're going to make sure that these things are on our website we also have what we call um, um on top of our street signs we have sign toppers and that um, we have given neighborhoods an opportunity to get those sign toppers along the perimeter of their neighborhood. And they, they also help well, to identify these neighborhoods. So it's all about branding. And we want to build that identity for these communities who work so hard for the city. Absolutely. Well, I, that's a good segue into some of the amazing programs that I'm aware of. And, and certainly the, the sign program is one that is is awesome and i think many of the neighborhood community leaders are very active in everything from the christmas parade um, unfortunately we probably won't be having that 
um, this year. This is December's show. You know, due to the pandemic, I know that there have been lots of of adjustments being made, but I know there there is one. What are some other key programs that you have established um, in neighborhoods that have become um, very very um, effective? and and building uh, uh good communities and good neighborhoods and i know there are a couple um that i'm aware of of course um paul a diggs has the save our children if that's not correct but what are some of the what are some of the signature programs that are happening in different neighborhoods well of course like you say most of the neighborhoods choose to do programs where they 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 provide some level of mentoring and we do that through our neighborhood matching grants and that is one of our programs that we deliver to registered neighborhoods who are active with our Neighborhood Association Coalition. They're able to apply for um, grant funds, and those grant funds can go to help support the programs that they're more passionate about, and that's where you get to save our, our children. We also have um, a big push for what we call little libraries. Um, they roll that out in the um, Cleveland Heights neighborhood. We're going to be putting those little libraries in our Westgate Central neighborhood, I believe also in Jewel neighborhood. And these are little libraries where you can bring a book or take a book, but we're going to have partners who will be able to help donate books so that these kids will be able to um, help help to improve literacy. It's all about um, education and enhancement. We also provide funds to help. Um, programs take kids on college tours or business tours. It's just a lot that we do. Wow. And our grants can be as creative as they need to be. But mainly when we give these neighborhoods these grant funds, they take and do something that is more beneficial to the to their geographic area. They try not to use those funds outside of that area, but it's a way for us to be able to build relationships within those communities. That is absolutely amazing. So how has the pandemic, I know you mentioned quite a number of programs, how has the um, recent uh, crisis in our communities impacted the ability to do some of those programs? Well, the pandemic has caused us to do more things remotely and also you know, virtually, we, we provide the, the remote training, we provide remote meetings, we provide, we provide the, um, we provide a lot of stuff with remote. We feel like the neighborhoods are now trained to do things where we, we send out newsletters, we try to do the newsletters to help get the communication out. We have the next door. We're looking at something, uh, looking at a program right now where we're trying to builds a collaboration of, of information for our neighborhoods and be, for them to be able to access um, this portal where they can gain information. You know, just a lot of creative things. So we try not to let the pandemic slow us down from productivity. It has caused us not to be able to meet, but we're still very strong, very active, and we're going to continue to do that. Well, and you know what? I know for me and um, my business uh, in multimedia and, and dealing with events, it has certainly caused me to rethink and reimagine some of the ways in which I, I have done business. And really, I think for everybody in the community and small business, it, it comes to a point of, of being able to think outside the box, as, as, as is often said. I remember um, just recently, didn't you all do a uh, around Thanksgiving, a drive-by um, with one of the neighborhoods um, programs? 
Yes, we um, as part of um, a program that we continue to honor one of our um, past presidents who uh, passed away, we continue to do Thanksgiving for senior citizens. And with that Thanksgiving for senior citizens, they did a, uh, a drive-by where the seniors were able to get meals and um, just continue to celebrate one another. You know, at during this time of the year, we have a lot of people that are really stressed and we didn't want our seniors to feel like we had forgotten about them. So we decided to do a drive-by at the church where they typically meet. And I believe they prepared about close to a hundred meals. Wow. And that is so important. I know you also, um, I know you also have a strong um, support system in place for working with and providing for youth. And, and that has been something that I have been um, excited about to see the level of engagement that um, we have been able to, uh, to receive through the, the NAC, the Neighborhood Association. We have hosted a summer camp for at-risk kids for the last four years, I believe, with the support of the um, Neighborhood uh, Partnership or Preservation Grant, um, I believe, and we're looking forward to being able to continue that. So I know that in our communities, there are lots of seniors that, especially when you think about technology and the digital divide, senior citizens and youth. So talk a little bit about how the neighborhood supports our youth, our, our, our most vulnerable population and, and some of the things that you believe that the neighborhood has been able to do or you would like to see the neighborhoods be able to do. Well, with our youth, we have a lot of great partners on the ground. Um, namely one of your organizations, the, the Fleets, which is an after-school um, and summer program where we provide mentors to work with our children within those distressed areas. We have other programs where we provide financial assistance to, like the Risk Club or um, the Dream Center, uh, Parker Street Ministries. Many of those programs, they have great um, leaders and, and mentors and volunteers in place to help work with um, these children in these neighborhoods where we have, where they, where they don't have a lot of access before, you know, transportation, trying to get them to or from other programs. So we have those programs right there in the neighborhoods. And those are the type of projects that we look to provide, you know, grant funds to. It's not just funds that come out of our office, but we also have other funding sources where um, if they are 501c3, they can apply to the city of Lakeland for those resources. And, you know, hopefully those are the um, programs that get funding. But our youth are very important. And we continue to try to um, provide those resources by way of newsletters so everybody know who's doing what. Absolutely. And that, I think, is probably one of the biggest uh, 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 opportunities to support neighborhood development is communication and being able to communicate across the board the things that are going on. I know that even so many different partners have uh, you have connected and and helped to uh, establish support in place and you know, um, I cannot say enough, uh, Ms. Lynn, for the things that you have done as a neighborhood advocate and a neighborhood um, leader to help sustain programs that if it were not for, for you providing the resource or 
even being a a resource would would probably not happen. I know the uh, summer program that we have have facilitated. We found out about the career source uh, opportunity through the neighborhood association. So, um, and that was a great benefit to have young people be able to work and earn a a a wage that was pretty good. And that was something. Was that something that um, you connected together, or is that just falls under the umbrella of so, so many of the different ways that the uh, the city of Lakeland and uh, economic development department has been able to partner? Well, the um, the partnership that we had with Career Source was uh, a direct relationship with something that we put together um, in our neighborhood office. They provide um, careers. Um, training and uh, mentoring and job placement for youth and adults. And we had an opportunity, uh, or our neighborhoods, basically, they approached the city commission uh, probably about 14, 15 years ago to receive funds to help with keeping kids working during the summer. And over the years, it has been very taxing for us to do this in-house. So we brought in Career Source, and they gave us um, – um, a pitch about how they can continue to work with how they continue to work with our um, our neighborhood. So we decided to take those funds that the city had allocated to our neighborhood association coalition and use and flip them back to Career Source. And now they provide they provide the work. Um, they provide all of the screening, drug testing, um, training. And we just have to provide the work sites. And that's where I believe your organization provided work sites. And we had other work sites throughout Lakeland for these kids to be able to go and get meaningful work, do meaningful work. It was very rewarding. And it's, it's a direct um, partnership between our City of Lakeland Neighborhood Association Coalition and Career Source. That is so amazing. And you have so many touch points within the community to help direct and redirect and and as as using your term to flip and move and, and it's 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 truly an awesome endeavor that you have been able to do. How many years have you been with the city of Lakeland and work with the um the uh, neighborhood um, association department? I, I have been with the city of Lakeland um approaching 32 years, two of those wow. years I was an intern. And it is, I I would honestly say it has been um, a great career. It's very rewarding. Um, there's never a dull moment. And our neighborhoods are just the, the best thing since sliced bread. If you know what that expression means, the city of Lakeland is a city of neighborhoods. Everybody is unique but we all work together. We all have a responsibility to serve, you know, our city the best way we know how to serve as we continue to live here, as we continue to work here, as we continue to play here. Lakeland is all that and then some when it Absolutely. comes to our neighborhood. I would agree. And you can see it. You can feel it. It's something that's tangible because everyone that whether you are uh, were born here or you migrated here or you, you know, kind of landed here not really knowing what Lakeland was. It is an ideal place to be, to grow and raise a family. And so I kind of want to end with just, you know, where you see neighborhoods heading. Where do you see 
I know that there has been a huge initiative and I am extremely excited and you know thankful for our uh, leadership in Lakeland, um, many of our commissioners um, that have just made it a, a specific effort to try to uh, increase that, that community involvement and, and make sure that there are um, and opportunities for inclusion. And so the Lift Lakeland is the is the latest uh, or the most recent um, effort and initiative that was born out of looking looking at how we can become more diverse and more inclusive. And I, you know, take my hats off to to all the departments within our city manager, of course, our mayor, Mr. Mutz, and those that have come on board to work alongside Lakeland Vision and many other organizations that have been very very focused in how we can continue to improve the um, tranquility and the life here in Lakeland. So my, we're almost out of time. I mean, we only have a couple of minutes. So let me end with this. What do you see as the way to lift Lakeland? And how do you hope that Lakeland continues to move? And, and I know that you kind of get what I'm saying, but um, mm -hmm. what do you desire for Lakeland? Well, the you know it, it, our final words. I would just I would just say that Lakeland has all. We need to continue to be a city that listens to our citizens, a city that serves our citizens. So when I say citizens, I mean people that own businesses. I mean people that um, come here to go to school, people that live in our neighborhoods. If we listen and we work together. Um, to come up with the best solutions for our city, then we'll be able to say that we have done this together. We have to learn to appreciate the differences everybody brings at the same time. We still have to continue to move forward and just continue to do things um, with our best efforts. And um, it all starts by listening, sitting down together, and working together for the best solutions possible. You know what? You are such an amazing and phenomenal force here in the city of Lakeland. And I count it a blessing to know you um, as a community leader and a community advocate and my mentor. You know, I remember when we first um, be, I first began getting involved in community um, engagement and just so many opportunities and so many resources you've been able to open doors for many, many people. Truly, you are an inspiration. And um, I know that whatever you plan to do, if you're at 33 years, are you are you going anywhere anytime soon? I, I know the city don't want you probably to go anywhere. But what well, I, I am, I will, I will, be, I will be retiring. I will be retiring in 2021, April of 2021. But I wow. will assure the city of Lakeland that uh, my departure with the city of Lakeland will not be the demise of our neighborhoods. We are planning um, a sustainable um, plan to roll out because our neighborhoods are stronger than ever. They will continue to function. The city has some great people, some great departments that will continue to work with them. And it is my job as I transition out to make sure that I become one of those citizens that continue to be um, able to come back and volunteer and, and be active in my in my city. I will not be leaving the city of Lakeland. It is my home. It is a place where I love. I love Lakeland. And I will continue to serve Lakeland to the best of my ability. I do believe that you will do exactly that. And I look forward to the opportunity to continue to work alongside you as we both do love Lakeland. Thank you so much, Ms. Lynn Simpkins, Senior Planner for the City of Lakeland. 
and just a wonderful advocate for all that has to do with neighborhoods. Listen Lakeland is brought to you as a collaborative project between Lakeland Vision, the City of Lakeland, and Hall Communications. Truly a community working together to provide an exceptional quality of life. Thank you for tuning in and may you be well.